This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm-hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. (laughs) You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you put away people's business cards too quickly? Do you video chat from the locker room? Do you not like pizza in a park? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things that can make it better. It's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And let's just get right down to it with our moose boosh. Woo! Excited. So for today, I want to talk about Meishikokan, which is the business card exchange in Japan. Obviously. Obviously. So Leah, have you ever exchanged business cards in Japan or with a Japanese person? Um, I rarely exchange business cards. <laughs> Do you have business cards? I have cards that I would hand out after a show, which aren't business cards because they only have general ways to get a hold of me as opposed to like a telephone number. Right. Okay. So it's almost in that way, I'd say more like a flyer. <laughs> okay. But I do have business cards. So in Japan, business cards are very important. And business card is almost like an extension of the person. And if you go to Japan and you don't have business cards, that is seen as like very strange because you're almost like a non-entity. Like you don't exist. You are of no consequence. So if you go to Japan, definitely have business cards. And like a lot of things in Japan, there is a whole ritual around the business card and exchanging them. And so I want to tell you about it because it's very important. I don't want you to embarrass yourself. So next time you're in Japan, here are the most important things to know. The key thing is that the exchange usually takes place when you do the introductions. So like you're meeting the people, that's when it happens. It's at the beginning of the meeting. Okay. And then also very important that if you're with your boss, they go first. The highest ranked person like does the exchange first and then you go. And you always hold the card with two hands. Very important. Two hands. And you don't want to cover any part of the card with your thumbs. So you will grip the card in the corners, just like in the teeny tiny corner. So that's the basics. So here's what's going to happen when you give somebody your card. And there is some variation depending on if this is a simultaneous exchange or if we have business card cases. So the easiest is just, 
I'm going to give you my card. And what's going to happen is that I'm going to, with two hands, take my card out of my card case or wherever it was. I'm going to rotate the card so it's facing you so that when you grab it, you don't have to rotate it to read it. So it's facing you so you'll be able to read it. And with two hands, I'm going to hold it out to you. And the height where all this is taking place is kind of mid-chest. Like if I was holding a platter of Thanksgiving turkey, like that height, that's kind of like the height all this is taking place. And so I'm going to reach out, hand you the card with two hands, and then you're going to grab the card with your two hands, and you're going to hold the card in the corner very carefully so that you don't cover any part of the writing with your thumbs. Okay. So if we're going to do a simultaneous exchange, then what's going to happen is I'm going to reach out to you with two hands, and then I'm going to let go with my left hand, and I'm going to grab a corner of your card and you're going to do the same at the exact same time. Mm. So we're going to do a little switcheroo there. And then once you have my card, I'm going to take my free hand. I'm going to put it back on your card, two hands. So now I'm holding your card with two hands. Now, advanced, if we're doing a simultaneous exchange and you want to show respect for the other person, you're going to come in lower with your card than theirs so that their card will actually be physically higher above the ground than yours. Like only an inch or two, but like enough where it's sort of like, oh, I'm, I'm coming in lower. That's a little advanced. I think we're ready for that. So then the third variation on this theme is if we have business card holders, which who doesn't? I mean, everyone should. Leah, do you have business card holders? I do actually. Oh, okay, great. So you're ready. (laughs) So if you have a business card holder, what happens is you will be holding the business card holder with your left hand. And as we do the simultaneous exchange, you're going to put the business card on my card holder. And then I'm going to put our hands together. I'm going to be holding your card in my hands with both hands. And I'm also going to be holding the card holder as well. I'm going to post a video of this on our website so you can see what I'm talking about. Okay, great. I now have your business card in my hands. Congratulations. So the next thing, probably the most important, like the most important thing, you have to study the card. Mm. You cannot put it away right away. So crucial. So I'm holding your card in my hands, two hands, and I got to look at it. I got to look at the card stock. I should look at the font. I should look at the design. And you can even compliment any of these things like, oh, Futura, nice choice. I like it better than Avenir. Or like, oh, my favorite ramen shop is like near your office. Or you could ask a question, like whatever it is. But you have to take a beat to acknowledge you are pulling in information from this card. This is very important. So if we're starting the meeting and we're all staying in this room, we're going to sit down and now you will place these business cards in front of you on the table and they stay there through the entire meeting. And you can arrange them either by status or you can arrange them based on where everybody's seated in the room. And that's also fine. If we're leaving right then or at the end of the meeting, it is very important to treat these cards with respect. Like these are 1952 Mickey Mantle Topps baseball trading cards. (laughs) Like it's so important. So you're going to want to put it back in your card case. If you don't have a card case, you're going to want to put it in like your front pocket or your briefcase. And you might even apologize like, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot my card case today. But it's very important to treat it with super high respect. So you don't want to bend the corner. You don't want to fold it. You don't want to fan yourself with it. You don't want to ride on it. You know, often we like make notes on people's business cards. You can do that. You just have to wait until you're not in front of them (laughs) because that's almost seen as like writing on their face. Mm. You know, it's, it's like super rude. Like you just don't do that. And also you don't want to lose the business card. Losing a business card and asking for another one, also super rude. So definitely like keep track. And 
that's it. That's that's the whole uh, business card exchange. Very simple. That is so interesting. I feel like it's a thing that I would have to practice with a partner. It is worth practicing. I mean, the Japanese are so forgiving for non-Japanese people because they're just surprised that we bothered at all. I mean, what the Japanese must think of us. I mean, their etiquette is so much better <laughs> in general. You know, when they come to the United States, they must be like, oh, what are these people doing? How does the society function? But yes, uh, the Japanese business card exchange, it is sort of lovely uh, when you see it. Well, I think it would be fun to practice. You know, so you had it down and then you you like, and then when it, the moment arrives, you're like, I, I practiced for this. Yeah. It's like, oh, the moment has come. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then the Rocky soundtrack is playing in your head. Yes. You're like, woo, as you like slowly move your hands across. Da-na-na. Oh, one thing I didn't mention, because it's a whole other world that we would need to discuss at some point, not today, bowing. As you're handing the card, you do need to do it with a little bit of a bow. And also when you're receiving the card. And I think it's sort of a 30 degree angle. You could go to 45. You want to really show a lot of respect. So another day we're going to discuss bowing angles and feet position in Japan. But like for today, just know like a little bit of bow. That's all you need to know. Perfect. And if you wanted to add a little Japanese, uh, the expression that you might say when you're giving the business card, hajimemashite, which is sort of like, nice to meet you. Hajimemashite. That's it. Yeah, you nailed it. Thank you. I'm so excited about this. Doitashimashite. I realize at home they can't see me. I'm doing my 35. (laughs) Maybe into a 45. Okay, that's good. Right angle. (laughs) And we're back. And now it's time to go deep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this has happened to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, a lot of our deep dives maybe don't feel universal. I feel like this is. So today I want to talk about locker room etiquette. Oh. And this was actually inspired by a question we got from you all in the wilderness, which was, quote, what is the correct response to someone staring at the gym? I chose locking eyes and glaring. Is that rude? <laughs> I love this question because I always think, <laughs> good for you. Yeah, um, I mean... Don't, I <laughs> but, guess. But also good for you because yeah. I, I get that feeling where you're like, you feel so undone in the moment. You're like, what? Stop it. You know, <laughs> right. good for this person for just glaring back. You know what I mean? I know that it's not right, but I'm still very excited about it. Yeah. No, a lot of a bad etiquette is really entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> but also, what were you going to do back? You know what I mean? Well, what you're going to do is ignore it. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm going to do, but I wish I would do this. Sure. So locker rooms, a lot to say. I think I've brought this up when we first started. Mm. I actually used it as an opening scene of a pilot I wrote because I was so, this woman was on speakerphone in the locker room okay. and she was admonishing one of her, somebody who worked for her. Oh, nice. And he, I could hear him because we're in the locker room. And it's a speakerphone. And she's yelling and he would go to try to fix it or apologize and she would start talking to him in a baby voice, like very mocking. Oh, And so uh, she's already on speakerphone. Then she's yelling and she's doing business. And all of us then were listening to this poor human being get mocked and berated. And we were all sort of like (laughs) cowering in the corner. So don't do that. Don't do that. Is that that the takeaway? Don't do that because I will write a pilot with the the opening scene being you. (laughs) Yes. So I think, okay, let's jump to phones. Yeah, I think we don't want to be on the phone at all. Not just speakerphone. I think we just don't want to be on the phone. The locker room, people are changing. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It feels like an intimate place. It is. Yes. So it's so odd. I understand that sometimes there's like an emergency call. You got to check in with somebody. I get that there's moments where something has to happen. Yes. I think so often when I'm at the gym locker room and people are on the phone, 
It's not that. Yeah, it's often not that, but I do know sometimes it's generally gonna, not that. You got to call. You got to pick your kids up. It's something for work. You got to pick up real quick. You look around. You say to the people, "Excuse me, I got to pick this up real quick." Yeah, I don't think I've ever had that. That's never happened. <laughs> no, it's always just talking about the day, hanging out with the friends. Oh, did you see this episode of whatever last night? I just think remember that everybody at the gym—that's their hour that they get for themselves the whole day. Yeah, they're trying to not do work. They're trying to not catch up on emails. Like everybody's trying to forget that they have a million things to do. So it's an escape for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think having that sort of mindfulness. Yeah, that would be nice. And I think a lot of times when we go to the gym, we actually are in our bubble world because it's like, oh, this is me time. And this happens a lot in group fitness, particularly. And we forget that me time still involves other people. Yeah. Like me time. I'm in my bubble. I'm entitled to a certain experience at the gym that I'm paying for, too. I'm entitled to have X, Y, Z here. And that's just going to have to come at the expense of other people. Like this is, I think, what a lot of people are thinking. But no. But don't think that. <laughs> but all of it's incorrect. But I just no. remembered all those people that are in the spin class, in the darkened room in front of me who take their phones out, lights up the whole room, starts, and you're like, stop it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, same, this is the same person. This person is now just in the locker room. Yeah. yeah. It's just, stop. So no phones, no video. So a friend of mine, was in the gym recently and somebody was doing a video chat on their phone. And my friend was like, really? And the guy was like, what, is this a problem? And so that was the exchange. And I told my friend like, oh, please write this up. And I would love to use this on the show. And he was like, no, I still want to go back to the gym. So I can't, I can't use any you know, uh, details that might incriminate me. But, uh, but yeah, video chat at the gym. I mean, that's outrageous. It's outrageous. That's, I mean, like no, in no world is that ever okay. We're not checking to see if the babysitter is okay or needs anything with video chat. It's just really unbelievable. Also, when you use video, it's other people's private space. You're well, now- that's what, yeah, I mean, that's why it's so inconceivable. Like, why are we videoing in the locker room? Like, that's not, we don't take pictures in the locker room. Yeah. So now we're going to take 30 pictures per second? <laughs> like, no. There's, at the last gym that I was at, there were signs. Absolutely no video, no picture. Just to make it crystal clear. Yeah, I mean, that should go without saying. Yeah, I don't understand how people, there are naked people. Yeah. So, don't do that. I didn't understand when you were telling me that story that they were in the locker room. I thought you meant in the gym in general. No, no. Locker room. I can't believe the person was like, is that a problem? Is this a problem? Does this bother you? Yeah, it's the locker room. <laughs> right. And that's a great example of like, you're committing the etiquette crime here. Don't make this my problem. I'm not doing anything wrong. Don't make me the prude. It's like, no, I don't want to be on video naked in front of a stranger on your phone. That's reasonable. Very reasonable. Yeah, those people who are like, this is you. No, it's you. Yes. So other things on my list, showering. So I think we want to dry off in the shower area. And I don't know if it's a universal thing or just the gyms I've been to where people are wet and walking through the whole room creating a slip and slide mm. and they wait to dry off until they're like 40 feet away back at their locker. And it's like, no, bring the towel with you to the shower, dry off there. That's where the drying off happens. So they're walking through naked, walking through naked, dripping. Yeah. They're like Slimer from Ghostbusters, just like leaving a trail of water. I think women that happens significantly less in the women's okay. locker room just because women are like, I'm going to get completely redressed inside the shower. And you know what I mean? We're just, that's, Hate to generalize, but I feel like that w happens way less. I never okay. see women not bring their towels. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm just putting it out there. 
and nakedness in general. I think, uh, you know, in the United States, I think we're a little more conservative. Uh, so we typically are not walking around, hanging out in locker room naked for longer than necessary. I think that's generally our tradition here. So something to note that you don't want to minimize the naked time whenever possible. Yeah. When I lived in um, Quebec, the, our gym was people, you left the clothes at the locker and you walked and it was very different. Right. Yeah. Now I, I went to the gym in Oslo once and I was like, oh, this is not the United States no more. So yeah, no different places in the world have different standards. That's fine. Etiquette is regional. Yeah. But yes. In the United I was States, referring to showers in the U.S. in the women's locker room. Where I feel <laughs> like people are just like, I'm going to completely bring in my boots. I got my my <laughs> shoes in the shower. I'm just going to redress. So then I think when we're redressing and uh, regrooming, I think be mindful of that also. Like I think a lot of time there are sprays and hairsprays and perfumes and all sorts of things. So I, we have different opinions about perfumes right. in public. but I don't think we really do. I'm not saying douse yourself, but okay. I am saying that Everything that you have on you smells. Fair, yes. Your lotion smells, your hair stuff smells. A roll-on isn't going to make a difference. That Okay, yes. So th- why are we singling out roll-on uh, scents? Yeah, th- everything you wear, unless everything you wear is no scent, I can smell it. That's fair. But obviously okay. don't spray your perfume with people behind you or around you. Right, don't do that. Also, don't spread out on the bench. That's a big one. Uh, naked or I no, guess No, I mean your stuff. Like you take everything out of your locker, you put it down the whole bench. Oh, yes. I mean, personal space in general. Just I think is a, a key thing. Is your portion of the area. Yeah, there are people that definitely like to spread out. And you're like, oh, where am I supposed to put my bag? There's like 30 lockers and you show you should get a portion of the bench. Right. Yeah, be mindful. Other people might need to set their stuff down. and don't want to put it on like the wet ground. I also don't think, don't leave your towel wet and rumpled up on the bench. Like throw it in the towel bin. It's right by the door. It's always right by the door. Yeah, clean up after yourself. I mean, all this stuff sounds so basic. Like, do we even need to talk about it? <laughs> Clearly we do. we do. I also haven't been in a gym in so long that I'm slowly remembering it. Oh, remember? Yeah, I mean, I go to a gym that's close to my house. So like, I'll just come home. <laughs> It's just easier to like, just come home. Like I'll just leave the gym and I'll come home and jar. I've always gone. I've always gone home. I also have like such complicated hair. What? You can't possibly address your hair in a gym setting? No. What am I going to bring like eight different bottles of things? <laughs> I mean, you could. No, I don't know. I would never. What does Carrie Russell do? Carrie Russell probably has her own gym. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then conversations with friends or running into people. Uh, what do we want to say about this? I feel like those are two different things, running into people and having... Okay. Well, let's say I am working out with you. Uh, well, not with you. Let's say I'm working out with a friend and now we're in the... Well, because we're in the locker room. Oh, in the locker in the, room. I was going to say that felt really hurtful. You're like, I'm not working out with you. <laughs> no, I'm in the men's locker room. Okay. Okay. And so I've just worked out with a buddy. And so now we're like ending our workout. We're like changing. So I think that conversation, I think we still want to kind of minimize and not make everybody in the room part of our conversation. Unless it's a really juicy conversation, then please have it so I can go home (laughs) and retell other people what I heard. Okay, fine. (laughs) And then I think if we run into somebody we know in the locker room, I think it's like a nice courteous hello, but like we can leave it there. I think I told you this lady in the locker room was like, oh, I haven't seen you. And I was like mid change. Okay. So I was like totally nude and she just kept talking and I was like, do I stand here? You know what I mean? I was like, I need to get like some item of clothing on. It was just so this really, someone I hadn't seen in years. And so she just picked the time when you were like fully naked. Fully naked. It was like, ah, and then she was like intense 
in a conversation and I was like, I, I would have had to like turn around, you know what I mean? And I didn't want to like put my back to her, but I was also like, I'm totally naked. Yeah, I mean, that's awkward. I mean, just lead into it. I put my leg up on the thing. I like put my hand down. I was like, what's up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, go go big or go home. I mean, if you're there, you got to just get into it. I mean, I think what you could have done in that instance was say like, oh, so great seeing you. Give me a moment to put clothes on. Well, I think I was like, let me grab a towel. Okay, yeah, I think something like that. Or I was just like, I'm not, I was like, I'm grabbing a towel, you know? Yeah. I tried to make it a casual. Yeah, like, oh, I'm not bothered by you harassing me. <laughs> I just thought I'm it was more totally like naked. funny. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is odd. So. Oh, I think locker room, you know, there's also the bathrooms in there. Sure. And I find that a lot of people go into the bathrooms to make phone calls as if that's any different than the locker room. And it's actually even, I think, more inappropriate. Like they just use a stall as a telephone booth? Yeah. I've been in there a lot of times where the stall is being used as a telephone booth. And I don't love that. Well, that's rude because you're tying up a stall. You're tying up a stall and... And also, unless these are like those rooms that are totally sealed Florida ceiling. Which you know they are not. <laughs> right? No, these are just like three foot dividers. Yeah. So, like, I could hear your conversation, sure. I can hear your conversation, and your poor friend at home can hear sounds of a bathroom. Yeah, yeah. And there's probably not an Otohime in there. That's the Japanese sound princess, if you recall from a previous episode. Which I'm still thinking about because I was in an airport. I took a picture of it and posted it on my Instagram, and they didn't... I saw a thing on the wall, and I was like, is this going to be my moment? <laughs> Pretty sure not at the Phoenix airport. <laughs> and it wasn't. It was the thing you could wave your hand in front of, and it sh shot out a, a scented spray. Oh, not the same thing. Not the same thing at all. Far less exciting. I'm so sorry. But still fun. What did it smell like? Oh, I didn't do it. I just thought it looked fun. You pass up the opportunity to wave your hand and make a scent appear? What if it was a scent that I did not like and then it was mm. on me? Oh, it sprays you? Doesn't just spray the room? I don't know where it's sprayed. No, it's in your stall. Oh. Yes. That's why I thought it maybe was a otohime because I was like, oh. oh, it's in the stall. Oh, Molly, you in danger, girl. I didn't want to risk it. <laughs> Molly, you in danger, girl. <laughs> I was like, I guess maybe I could have done it on my way out just to be like, let's just see what this is. But, you know, oh. I didn't want to risk it. 100% that was not a scent you wanted to smell like for the next journey of your flight. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can't. I can't put myself in this situation. You dodge a bullet. Whew. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right? Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. 
now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors, you get new patterns, you recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn actually has fresh linen. And it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their wash linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. And we're back. And now the time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. So our first question is, quote, I'm currently suffocating in the backseat of the smelliest Dodge Dart I've ever been in. I just dropped my own car at the dealer for service and was planning on using the free shuttle they provide, but was surprised that they ordered me a lift at their expense. Normally, I tip drivers for rides I've ordered myself, but this stinky tin can isn't getting any extra from me. How do I not feel terrible about this? Hey, <laughs> I think when people order you a lift, they usually tip on it. So that's a very good question. I mean, do they? Do they? Every time I've ordered a lift for somebody, I tipped on it. Right. You should tip. What? I ask if they're okay first. Like, was the, is, was anything appalling happening? Oh, interesting. So before you tip in the app, you check in with the person to see like, oh, is this tippable? Well, just to make sure, particularly if it's a woman, I want to make sure that no egregious thing happened to them on the way. Okay. And then I just tip across the board. Once they get there, I say, let me know when you get there. And if, you know what I mean? And then, and then I tip. So the flip side of this is, let's say you're in this car that someone ordered for you and it was a great ride. Like the best ride of your life. This driver was so wonderful. The conversation was sparkling. They knew a secret route that got you there a half hour early. Like this was the ride and someone else ordered it. In this instance, I think you could also tip some cash just in case the person that ordered it didn't tip. Like that would be the other side of this. Yeah, I think you could say, I assume they're tipping, but you were just so lovely. And then you would also have to have cash on you. Like who carries cash anymore? (laughs) That's fair. So the flip side then, okay, it's a bad ride and I guess is not tipping the thing we want to have happen and we're okay with it not happening. And so I guess if we are, then we would just leave it in the fate of the person that ordered the ride to tip or not. But I don't think that people who are driving Uber or Lyft are expecting to get a cash tip. It goes on the app. Uh, They're not exchanging cash. I mean, I think Uber and Lyft drivers are delighted to get cash. But I think most often than not, they're getting, I always tip on the app. Yes, people tip on the app. I mean, I think the question here is that I'm a passenger in a car that you've ordered. I didn't have a good ride. And am I okay with a situation in which no tip is given? Let's say the person that ordered the ride just isn't an app tipper. They just don't tip on the app. That's not their thing. They don't do it. And so are we okay, as a passenger in this car, allowing this to happen for a bad ride? That's what our letter writer wants to know. How do I not feel terrible about this? I'm still stuck three inches before that, getting to that answer where I would assume that these people, especially if it's a business, like if I was the person who was setting up, I understand this is not the question, but let me just say this really quick. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
if I set up cars for people who had to drop their other cars off, if that was my job, right. I would just categorically across the board be tipping on the app. Absolutely. Because also it's probably not your money. It's a business and they're right. going to tip on the app. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I think that is a fair assumption here. Correct. And if they're not, I mean, they need to look into their standards and practices. It's very rude. You should be, if the, what you're doing all day is sending out cars to pick up people whose cars are in the shop and you're not tipping on the app. I mean, that's not cool. Right. That's totally fair. So this person is going to get tipped. This person is probably going to get tipped. Okay. So our letter writer does not have to feel bad because even though it wasn't a great ride, the person will still be tipped and okay, fine. The world goes on. Because I just don't think it's the, tradition isn't the right word, but it's- Convention. Thank you. That when people order, I think we've sort of all agreed that when people order cars <laughs> for you, they're also responsible for tipping. And I think this because I've asked many times because I yes. always get nervous and I say, oh, should I add a tip? And they'd say, oh no, it's included. Yes, I think the equivalency here is, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's like going out to dinner. If I take you out to dinner and I'm paying for dinner, I'm tipping. Yes. That's part of the thing here. Yes. So I think this is the same thing. Yes. And that's why I'm having trouble answering that question because I really don't think that this, anybody expects you to be tipping. Yes. Nobody expects the passenger to be tipping in this instance. Okay. So I think we got there. We got there. Because the question is, how do I not feel terrible about this? Are you going to call the company and say, don't tip? I don't think you should do that. Right. Yeah. Don't do that. So, okay. That's it. <laughs> Our next question is, quote, my mother and mother-in-law recently threw a Zoom baby shower for me. I want to send thank you cards for the gifts. But since I didn't throw the shower and it was on Zoom, we don't have anyone's mailing address. We do have email addresses, though. Would it be considered poor etiquette to send an electronic thank you card instead of a handwritten card? I just want to say up top, mm -hmm. anybody who writes in to Nicholas Layton asking about a thank you card, I feel like you can 99.99% uh -huh. yep. know what the mm -hmm. answer is going to be on this. Yeah, uh, that's uh, probably true. I would actually I would actually knock that up to 100%. Yeah, I think 100% is fine. I think we can go above 100%. <laughs> I think we could actually uh, exceed 100. So I will take an electronic thank you card. If my choices are no card or electronic thank you card. So I'll accept electronic if those are my choices. However, I think we can ask people for their addresses and then mail them a card. That is fine. You can ask people for their address. I also think you can ask your mother and mother-in-law to ask for the addresses because they set up the car. Also that, yes. Thank you so much for joining us last night. Great to see you. What's your mailing address? Lisa would love to send you a note. That's good. And then they could just do that as a reply all to the group and then people could email back separately. Uh, I would rather it be individualized, but however you want to achieve the goal of getting people addresses for the purposes of sending handwritten thank you notes, I will allow. Perfect. Okay. So yes, you do need to send handwritten notes. You do. And not having addresses is not an excuse. <laughs> so our next question is, quote, my five-year-old was invited to a birthday party in a park tomorrow evening. The party is at 5 p.m. and the invitation says pizza will be served. Lovely. The problem is that my son won't eat pizza. I know, I know. Is it rude to bring him a PB&J instead? I don't want to check in with the host because I don't want her to feel like she needs to provide a second option. Normally, I wouldn't bring something different and I would feed my son when we got home, but the timing of the party puts us dangerously close to hungry kid meltdown time. Mm. So I asked whether or not this kid can't eat pizza or won't eat pizza. 
because I think there's an important distinction there. And it turns out he won't. It's not that he can't, he just won't. He doesn't like it. So I responded, since this was like an emergency etiquette situation, my response was that we should use this as a teaching moment to teach the son what to do in situations when you're offered something to eat that you don't eat. Because this will come up throughout your entire life. And so I think this is a great occasion to practice the etiquette for this situation. And then I also suggested feed the kid at 4.55, the PB&J, right before he hit the party. And then when he is offered pizza, he can politely decline. And then that should be fine. I think alternatively, it is very possible that the host is going to be offering other things, you know, because like everybody has gluten problems or dairy or all these other dietary restrictions. So like very possible there was something other than pizza available and you could let your host know. But if you didn't want to bother the host, that's the suggestion. Just feed the kid at 4.55 in the car and then have fun at the party, make him a polite guest, declining politely, and then that's fine. I love all these options. Yeah, that was my suggestion. I also thought it wasn't rude to have that PB&J ready in the back pocket. It talked to, the, you know, obviously your kid about, you know, politely declining. Yeah. Um, if they, they're not going to try it. And I think when you drop them off, it's fine to say to the host, you know, he doesn't eat pizza. So I, I slipped a little PB&J into his back pocket. I hope that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think this seems pretty casual. Yeah. So like, I think that's also fine. But yeah, I think we just don't want to make a big deal about it. Yeah. I think that's kind of the key. Is sort of like minimize. That's why it's, it's very under the pizza party radar. <laughs> right. So that was that was my suggestion. And then I asked like, how'd it go? And so uh, this mom basically said, it went well. We did the sandwich thing. We used to walk over to explain like what to do when somebody offers you something you don't want to eat. He did that. It was great. And quote, thanks for seeing me through what could have been an awkward situation. So I think we uh, have another satisfied customer. That's great. That's wonderful. That's great. Because I totally appreciate our letter writers not wanting to make the host feel like they had to do something else. So they were just trying to make it casual and easy. Yeah, I think that's sort of the key for this party is like, let me not inconvenience our host and just like solve the problem myself. Which seems to have been done perfectly. So do you have any questions for us? Emergency or not? Let us know. You can let us know through our website, where you're raised by wolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And now it's time for an intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I'm loving being part of the book of the month because I often stay within the genres I already know or the particular authors I already know. And they're introducing me to new authors, things I might not have known about. It's so exciting. So Leah, tell me about what book is coming. I'm receiving in the mail very soon, The Return of Ellie Black. Where did she go? We don't know. She disappeared for years earlier and then resurfaces in the woods of Washington State. And I can't (laughs) wait to know more. If it's a story set in the woods, you're there. It's really true. I want I want a cozy town or a woods. Or both. Or also take a city. You know, let's be honest. Okay. Yeah, as long <laughs> as there's murder or suspense, you're there. I, I like if there's some food. So you out there, you can get your first book for just $5 using promo code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com, use promo code PEDALS, and get your first book for just $5. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by book of the month. I am loving getting to pick my books of the months. Is that what the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? 
So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going to love <laughs> Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code Pedals. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code Pedals to get your first book for just $5. We're back, and now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. Which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we could repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So, Leah, would you like to vent or repent? I think I'm going to vent. Okay. As Nick actually put in a request on this vent. Oh, good. <laughs> I, I, well, I specifically ordered this one up. So I recently have been flying, mm -hmm. and I mentioned to Nick, I think I also updated my Instagram because at the moment I was... <laughs> I think shocked. There's a whatever the next word is from shock. Terrified. Terrified. <laughs> alarmed. Alarmed. I think I was very <laughs> alarmed. So I was transferring flights and I was in the waiting area mm -hmm. and I see a man with a ventriloquist dummy. Uh -huh. And he's not like carrying the dummy in like a It's not in the suitcase. It's not in the suitcase. It's not even in like a baby carrier. <laughs> it is in full, it is in full uh life i don't know it's it's fully animated, animated? Yeah, yeah he's got his his hand in it uh -huh. and it's sitting on his other arm uh -huh. and it's walking through the waiting area of the airport with him and it's looking <laughs> at people and in my mind i just think oh no Ugh. Oh, no. I think I'm not ready for this. There has to be a part of this that feels... You got to warm up to that. Oh, yeah, I can't, I can't just jump into ventriloquist dummy. And I, a part of me was like, is this illegal somewhere? I don't know. And was the doll like greeting people? The doll then, of course, you immediately start throwing up prayers to heaven where you're like, please don't let this person be next to me. You know what I mean? I think that's what <laughs> Don't make thinking. eye contact. Don't make eye contact. I thought don't make eye contact. And then I, I get on the plane. I'm sitting. I'm in an aisle seat. I see the man and the doll coming down the aisle and the doll is greeting people <laughs> coming down the aisle coming down the aisle and i the doll looked at me and i i i just like waved i was like what am i supposed to do you don't want to be rude i don't want to be rude i don't want to start something with the doll you know what you i mean definitely do not want to get into an altercation no. with a doll i have seen movies about this i am not getting involved i was then emotionally forced into saying hi to this doll out of fear that there would be some repercussions okay so i think this is an etiquette crime <laughs> I, I think it is rude to force ventriloquism on others. I think it is. I think it's rude. It's definitely very shocking. Yes. I think to make other people uncomfortable is always rude. And I think this is definitely an occasion that makes people uncomfortable. I went from not flying to flying with a ventriloquist doll that's talking to people. And you think, is this a haunted plane? What kind of a, what kind of a scary movie am I living right now? <laughs> right. Well, I'm sorry this happened to you. <laughs> and it is an etiquette crime. So uh, this vent, uh, it's solid. I actually remember thinking Nick would not like this. I would not <laughs> care for this. Definitely not. Because I don't want forced interactions with strangers on planes in general. And then when they're inanimate objects pretending to be animate, definitely draw the line there. Absolutely. Hard line in the sand. Hard line. And then, of course, I was also like, hi, how are you? Um <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. So for me, I have 
I've often talked about etiquette being like the lubricant that makes the machinery of society work better. And when everyone's using the same script, everyone feels more comfortable and things go more smoothly and we achieve world peace. So I would like to talk about one script that I think we all need to be operating from. So this past week, I was on the phone with somebody who had one of those names that's spelled a zillion different ways, like Haley or Caden, you know, like there's a lot of different ways to spell these. So I was just like, oh, can you spell that for me? And this person proceeded to take forever coming up with different words associated with each letter. But instead of like R is for Romeo, they were like coming up with these examples that were not clear at all. <laughs> so for example, they said like, oh, it's B as in Barry. Did I just say B as in Bravo or V as in Victor? B as in Barry. What did I just say? So what I would like is for everyone to agree we're all just going to use the NATO phonetic alphabet whenever we have to spell something on the phone. This is what pilots and air traffic control use, and it does a pretty good job of preventing planes from, like, crashing. So I think we can use that, too. And you've probably heard of it. It's Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot. Like, that's what it is. So, like, if I was going to spell wolves, it would be Whiskey, Oscar, Lima, Oscar, Victor, Echo, Sierra. Leah is Lima, Echo, Alpha, Hotel. So I think we should just all use this, be on the same page. It will make things work so much better. And the way I learned, because actually I, I've, uh, I've soloed in a Cessna 152. Uh, I did like flight school and all that. Wow, and the way I learned I is- that. Yeah, fun fact. Actually, the same day I got my driver's license was the same day I soloed. So it was a very big day for vehicles. That's such a so, huge big day for vehicles. <laughs> oh my God. So the way I learned is I would just like, while I was walking down the street, I would just like use the alphabet to try and spell signs that I saw. So like stop sign, like Sierra, Tango, Oscar, Papa, or like bank, Bravo, Alpha, November, Kilo. And so you just go through and you just like practice that and then you get very fast. So I just want everyone to practice it, learn it, and now use it. And so I think we will achieve world peace a lot faster if we all do that. So get on that. I love the idea that not only would they not use it, which, you know, maybe. Sure. But that they would pick words that are still words that you can't tell the difference of. Deliberately confusing. B as in Barry. That's not. Because mm. I'll be honest, I'm not using the pilot alphabet, but I do use words that are definitely like B as in boy. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it would be ideal, though, if you said B as in Bravo. You know, I'm going to throw that out next time. B as in Bravo. And I would applaud you. And I would say Bravo if you do. <laughs> What have we learned? I learned about this beautiful card exchanging ceremony. Oh, sure. In Japan. Yes, Meshikokan. Meshikokan. And I learned that if you do something inappropriate around you in a locker room, it's fair game for your next pilot. You're going to write about it. Yeah, if you put it out there in front of me, I will change your name since I probably don't know it, but it's going in a TV show. <laughs> well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks to you out there for listening. If I had your address, I'd send you a handwritten note on my custom stationery. He will. So for your homework this week, please hit subscribe or follow in whatever app you use to listen to us. This way, you'll never miss an episode. And the algorithm that all these apps use to recommend us to other people, they'll think you like us and they'll recommend us to other people. And the more people that listen to us, the closer we'll be to achieving world peace. And don't you want world peace? Yes. Yes, you do. So no pressure there. No. And not only world peace, but also will make Nick and I feel good. Oh, yes. We also like the validation. So <laughs> please do that. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah. It's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, 
go. So in a matchup to my vent mm-hmm. on the returning flight of okay. that, the I've never seen this before on a flight. The the flight attendants, there was a bridal shower Uh-oh. on my plane and the flight attendants, I don't know what was in it, but they made like a little gift mm. and they brought it over to the bride to be. And it was just like a surprise. It was just so lovely. And she was she was in the next aisle over from me. So she was so happy. You know, it made her, it was like an extra surprise, you know? And I just thought it was, it was so delightful just to see somebody do something extra to make somebody feel nice. I mean, they cobbled together enough like waffles and Bombay Sapphire minis to yeah, make a gift. Yeah, who knows what it is? You know, they okay. just wrote... On the, I could see the bag they were on it. Congratulations to the bride to be, you know, best wishes. And then whatever's in there, it's just, it's just a recognition of somebody celebrating something. And I thought so lovely. And just shout out to people who just make people feel nice. That is nice. That's very nice. And so for me, I want to give a shout out to Donna, who's one of our listeners. And she just sent me a book and the title is Manners and Rules of Good Society. And it's British and it's from 1940, which was World War II, which I think like how to eat a grapefruit was like not the most important thing happening right then. (laughs) And what I really love, though, is that the author is listed only as, quote, a member of the aristocracy. No one put their name on this. And the author laments about how informal things have gotten. 1940s Britain. (laughs) Informal. Can you imagine what this person might think about us walking around supermarkets in our Snuggies today? I mean, like, they don't know informal. So thank you, Donna. I really appreciate this book. So thoughtful. Donna, that's so sweet. So thank you. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So, Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. (laughs) Because as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift, and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right? Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge (laughs) to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident Mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah... What show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Block Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. 